So we talked about this last night, Robert, and it's even worse now, but 8-16 and 16 against teams in their division at home this year. 8-16, and 16, including losers in nine of their last ten. Meanwhile, killing them on the road. Yeah. It is uncanny. I mean, you think about how the Astros have done on the road. They've played two series in the division. They've played two series in Seattle, lost two games over those two series. They only lost one game in Arlington yeah. out of the ten they played there. 24-5 and five on the road against the American League West. Amazing. Astros in a stretch right now, starting with this series. 20 of their 22 games are going to be against the division. The two games against the Rockies coming up this week, the, the only two outside of the division over this uh, three-week stretch. This is another Astros podcast. Four to three Mariners, two outs, bottom of the 10th, 0-1. Round ball hits softly, Diaz fields it, jocks part of the way to first, underhands to Healy, and that is the ball game. The Seattle Mariners complete a four-game sweep of the Astros, winning this afternoon by a final of four to three in 10 innings. First time this year that the Astros have been swept in a four-game series. Well, AJ, you got the Colorado Rockies for a couple of games. You guys saw them just a few weeks ago. It's a good lineup. You guys got uh, your work cut out for you. Sure. No, they are good. We, we played two games in Colorado, both really competitive games. Uh, we broke one open. They walked us off. So uh, two more games against them uh, with the DH now, and, and we'll see one guy we've seen before, one guy we haven't seen. So um, quick look at him again. When you get a chance to see Hernan Marquez, who's pitching for them today, what do you see with him? What do you guys have to do? Just stuff. You know, he's he's got really good stuff. The ball can move a little bit. It's velocity. He's got he's got weapons. Um, yeah, he's just a young young arm that um, when he sinks it all up and puts it together, he's really nasty. When he doesn't, he can spray the ball around a little bit and and get into some trouble. So, uh, like a lot of young pitchers, that you know, you got to. You got to get him inside the strike zone. You got to avoid his best pitch, which is mostly his breaking ball or his high end velocity, and and put up a good at bat. What would you like to see with your offense, in particular, to to kind of shore some things up to score some more runs? Um, well, just score runs. I mean, we've got to we've got to be offensive, um, and I, and I think it's always easy to be reactive when if you're not if you're not scoring runs, you always point at all sorts of things, pitch selection sure. or or productivity or good at bats with runners in scoring position. I mean, I. I don't want us to have the mindset that we have to be productive in every single opportunity, but it feels like it right now because of the lack of, uh, of breakout innings that we've had. So, um, you know, put some good at-bats together in tandem and, and hopefully just have a, uh, a good collection of at-bats in a row to put some pressure on our opponent. And on Sunday, you got a chance to get Guriel off his feet for most of the game to give him a, probably a rest coupled with the off day to get him more fresh? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean he wasn't hitting the ball very well, so yeah. let's be honest. It, so I, I want to make sure and give these guys a break when they mentally need it just as much as when they physically need it. Tyler White was swinging the bat uh, pretty well going into that game, so it was an easy day for me to give him part of it off. He came off the bench and had a nice pinch hit um, you know, that, that kept things alive in a, in a really important stretch of the game. So... Um, you know, we're, everyone's going to play. We, we, we are beat up a little bit, but uh, the players that are here are going to play. A one-hitter in particular, Marwin Gonzalez, looks like he's pretty fresh. 2-1, and that is drilled toward right center field, gets down for a base hit. Heredia able to get to it quickly. Marwin a big turn at first, but he'll hold with a hard-hit single. Only player to reach against Erasmo Ramirez so far today. Both of them are, have been scalded. You know, the Mariners have to think Marvin Gonzalez is basically Mickey Mantle, the way he hits them, right? <laughs> You're not kidding. He kills Seattle. Bat speed looks good. Uh, pitch selection, all the mm-hmm. things, he looks good offensively. Yeah, I think he's he's conceded trying to hit, you know, with a ton of power, and, and that's created some better at-bats for him, better balance. His 
his stride direction's good. His his pitch selection's gotten better. I think he's become a a more well-rounded hitter in the last couple of weeks, and we've seen his production go up. I think um, he'll probably you know hit a couple balls out of the ballpark here soon. But I his balance and pitch selection have 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 improved, and thus his performance has. You mentioned stride direction, and I keep hearing that with guys on the other team and everything else, but. Ideally, you want to step more toward the pitcher than anything else, right? Yeah, I mean, some guys are, are uh, you know, closed off. Some guys are straight to the pitcher. Some guys are a little bit open. I think the key is to find the the right the right direction for that particular hitter. You know, you can't – it's not one size fits all. So with Marwin, he needs to be a, just a touch open and not close himself off. Yuli's the same way. When these guys can step – when they step towards the plate and cut themselves off, their their entire swing breaks down. Um, other guys, you know, Jose can can hit across his body a little bit. Carlos can hit across his body a little bit. George is a little bit more open when he's in the lineup. So, I, um, our 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 goal is, as the hitting coaches and and me as the manager is find the the key for them that makes them their best. Did you notice that when you were catching the way guys would mm-hmm. strive toward the plate? You know, it used to be more about that's where they were looking on the plate. When guys were looking in, they would open up. When guys were looking to stay on on the ball away. Um, they would they would step across their body a little bit. Nowadays, I think it's just a matter of the style of hitter that they are, or the rut that they're in. What they're you have to concede something nowadays. You're not going to cover every pitch, every location, and once you find out what they're conceding, you can attack their weakness. You can't concede anything now, but you think you think that's mostly because of all the high end velocity. A little bit, yeah. Power stuff and advanced scouting is they find the hole in your swing and they exploit it. I mean, yeah. it's there's no perfect hitter. I mean, we have one of the best in Altuve and. And, and we've seen some really good hitters around the league, but um, there is more information ready available to, to get guys out yeah. nowadays than ever before. All right, AJ, good luck. You got spring. Vincent delivers, and that's a check swing. Foul ball past the dive of Healy. That'll score another as Gurriel comes in. Bregman goes to third. And excuse me, RBI single for Carlos Correa, and the Astros have tied it at two. Well, sometimes it's... Better to be lucky than good. Welcome back, Robert Ford, joined by Carlos Correa. First of all, good to see you back on the field and, and being productive. Had an RBI single in the game on, on Sunday. How, how are you feeling right now, and, and how's your back? I'm feeling great. My fab, my back feels uh, really good. Uh, I'm you know back to, to being healthy once again and uh, you know, looking forward to, to help the team win some games. How frustrating was it? when dealing with that back because initially it was you're just going to be out for a few games and it wound up being longer and longer was it just one of those things where it just was a struggle to get it where you wanted it to be yeah it was was just a struggle to get it right you know i mean uh there was a lot of pain a lot of discomfort and uh you know one thing led to the other and then the sudden you know i was on the on the dl and you know for over a month so obviously it was frustrating but you know I'm, i'm glad i'm finally back uh on the field with the boys and you know doing what i love where did you feel it the most, and what what took the longest to come back for you while you were out? Well, you know, I I had some some lower back issues and you know, some lat issues as well during um, I mean, that stretch, and you know, it, it was just hard to get them both healthy mm-hmm. uh, right away. So, you know, when I hit the DL, you know, we we started working on the rehab and you know, try to make it feel better. Uh, a couple of setbacks here and there, but you know, we're finally finally back. How frustrating was it you to was it for you to be a spectator watching watching this team? Oh, it was just really frustrating, you know, not being able to, to, to be out there with the team and, and help and, and contribute in some way. Uh, but, you know, like I said before, you know, I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm back and, and I can help. 
you got a chance to go down to Corpus Christi for your for your minor league rehab. Of course, you played there on your way up to to the big leagues. Did it did it feel different being back there, or was it just kind of how you remembered it? Oh, it's even better than I remember. You know, it's just, it's, it's just a great minor league city. Uh, the fans they love baseball. They 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 know the game, and you know they support uh, the team. Now, one thing that big league rehabbers always do when they got into the minors is they always buy the, the post-game spread, right? So what, what did you get the guys down in Corpus? I got them one night, I got them Mexican, the other night I got them another Mexican place, and then uh, right before I left I got them uh, a Puerto Rican restaurant, so I had, they had a little bit of our Latin flavor. You were able to find a Puerto Rican restaurant in Corpus Christi? I was able to find a Puerto Rican person that could make <laughs> some Puerto Rican food for everybody. It's really a restaurant. The food was amazing. The players loved it. What's your favorite Puerto Rican dish. Oh, I love my rice, beans, and you know my chicken with the, with the nice seasonings that we do in Puerto Rico. Uh, some uh, sweet plantain and avocado that would be perfect. So you prefer the Maduros, the sweet plantains, over the the, to to the tostones, which oh, are more saltier. Tostones. We got some tostones out there in Corpus Christi. They were really good. Uh, I like my sweet plantains too. Now, of course, you're without your double play partner, Jose Altuve, right now, and I know you've obviously played with Marwin before, but it's always an adjustment when you have a new guy up the middle, isn't it, in terms of how they like the ball and things like that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, my Marwin is a little bit different uh, than Jose, uh, but, you know, we adjust pretty quick. Marwin is an excellent defender, and, you know, he, he obviously adjusts to any position because he plays every position, and uh, he's a very smart defender, so, you know, it's easy to adjust when, when Marwin takes over second base. How much fun is it watching these pitchers that you get to play behind every day? Oh, it's so much fun. You know, uh, they, they got really good stuff, and it's impressive when they're, when they're on that particular day how, how special they can be. Carlos Correa, look forward to continued health the rest of the year, and, and thanks for joining us. Thank you, brother. Astros fans, Lauren Blackwell up in the radio booth with Steve Sparks and Robert Ford, your radio broadcast team. Robert, quick two-game interleague set against the Rockies. The Astros are 10-5 and in interleague play this season. These two games equally as important for both teams. What do the Astros need to do against this Colorado squad that finds themselves in a tight division race in the NL West? Well, I think at this point it's all about getting wins no matter who you play. The Astros are in the middle of a stretch in which 20 of their 22 games will be against AL West teams. These are the only two games that will not be. It's a very good Rockies team, as you mentioned. They're right in the thick of things in the National League West and also for the, the National League wild card. They have really good starting pitching. Probably their biggest weakness has been their bullpen so far this year, but this is a, a very quality ball club, and they played two really good games in Colorado last month. Speaking of starting pitching, Justin Verlander enters tonight's game one win shy of 200 career wins. Only two active pitchers who have hit that mark, Bartolo Colon, CeCe Sabathia, Sparky, to an average fan, can you emphasize the importance of that career milestone? You know, it's huge now nowadays and now with a, a five-man rotation and all the off days during the course of a season for, for a guy to go out there and post up and, and put up numbers with a two-and-a-half ERA the way Verlander has. He does it in dominant fashion. He wins those two-to-one games, those one-to-nothing games, and he puts the team on his shoulders. I remember last year when the Astros had lost four in a row to the Oakland A's. He comes back the next day, and he shuts out the Angels, and the Astros go on that big run late in the season. Interesting fact, if he wins tonight, he joins an elite class of 18 pitchers who have hit that mark in 411 games or fewer, 13 of them being Hall of Famers. So big night here for JV and the Astros. So fans, make sure you tune in postgame and pregame each and every Astros game, Sports Talk, 790 AM or on FM 94.5 HD2.